you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dian. Welcome to the show. Thank you very, very much indeed, Matt. Thank you for asking me on the show. Well, you're very welcome. And I'm very excited for today's episode because you have lots of amazing knowledge to share. And as we talked about previously going live, you're also working on a fantastic book. That sounds very, very exciting. So, Jan, I'm sure somewhere around the world, there's someone who doesn't yet know who you are. Would you <laughs> mind doing a little bit of an introduction? So they get to know you. Of course, of course. I am an entrepreneur from the UK. um, And as Mads has kindly introduced me, my name is Jan Cavell. I have been an entrepreneur for a disgustingly long time, um, which has given me lots of experience. Um, Some successful and some very unsuccessful, some very small, some gross businesses. So a big mix of stuff I can share and delve into for you Um, and as Mads very kindly mentioned I am currently um, just in the process of a final edit with my publisher of a book on scaling from one to ten mil that's sort of British pounds but it's not too far off um, for the American dollar either and that's a big stage of big leap time in business that um, I, I've, I've struggled with and I know a lot of people who've been through it or are, have been through it or are in it um, and it's it's a big challenge so I wanted to write a book about that and Bloomsbury are very kindly publishing it in April so it will be out internationally for people to delve into then. Excellent. That sounds uh, super exciting. That sounds super exciting. So from a management standpoint, right, you have obviously been through a lot and you say sort of the sort of one to 10 million is, is, is sort of the, the ones where you have definitely seen a lot of challenges. So what, what is the most common challenge you see when, when people, you know, they've gotten off the ground, they build a business, they have a somewhat good monetization strategy and they've, they've managed to make about a million, you know, what, what is the biggest challenge you see from, getting from that and then scaling further up? I think it's the biggest challenge is that you assume it will be similar to how it's been so far. And it isn't. It, you know, you're talking about a completely different animal. Um, you know, in sort of up to the one million-ish mark for a start, you're very much in hands-on um, yourself and your days and most of your nights are spent running circles enthusiastically around your business. But of course, you haven't got another 24 hours of you to, to go for the second million and certainly not a third one of you to go for the third one. Um, so you're much, much more reliant on other people, um, which means a whole new skill set. Um, it means getting the right people, getting the right people in time um, because if if you were like me, you sort of drifted into it because the business grew. Um, and finding the right people at the last minute is not the way to do it in an ideal world. Um, 
and you can make a lot of mistakes choosing the right people. Um, but without that right team, you're not going to be able to do it. So I think I think that's that's where the where where the whole thing goes terribly wrong. More often than not, it's one of the biggest ones. Yeah, I I talk typically about sort of three steps that. Uh, entrepreneurs go through right so obviously the first challenge is is finding a repeatable product that 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 can actually scale and probably get up to i i look at it in people but up to sort of five to ten staff members right and and typically that's the point where people can get to even without having much management skills yes. right because yes. You can hire a few people. You can kind of run around in circles around them, and you know you can micromanage them, and and you you can manage to still build something that's, that's making right. a, a little bit of money, right? Um, but but then the 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 first big leap is is getting from that point and then to the next stage, which is typically somewhere between twenty to thirty people, yeah. right? Where you know, you, you learn to rely on managers, but you're still very visible in the business. You're still a, a driving force and, you know, everyone in the company still know you and, and so on. Yeah. And that's typically the, the sort of second step. And then the, the third step that, that a lot of people bump into is then around, it, it typically around 50 to 60 people, when they basically get so far away from uh, the bottom of the organization and, you know, they don't know the names of any of the new hires and things like that. Uh, and that's often a big problem because often they've, they've managed to put in place decent management to get to that point. However, this is where communication and very, very clear management structure is absolutely critical for future growth, right? So that's generally the, the, the clients that I've worked with, that's generally the three stages. And they usually have one of the three stages when they come to me and, and they're, there's, you know, hands up in the air and, and struggling. So. But that's really cool. That's really cool. And um, and any any particular golden nuggets in terms of finding the right people? Because I think I think uh, in in general, like all, all business owners, like you know, the first couple of people you hire, it's always a lottery. Because when you've never hired people before, you know, it, it is what it is. But you know, after a while, when you start hiring people, and eventually you you're lucky enough to find some some great talent. Uh, any any particular lessons you have learned that you want to share? Any particular sort of tricks that you have learned that have really helped you from a recruitment standpoint or finding the right people? I I always struggled with it. I was um, in an industry with a massive skill shortage, which um, does not help. Um, and um, so so avoid that if you possibly can. But it, to some extent, it goes back to the what I was saying before about taking have, having plenty of time on your side, because if you're growing at a rate where you're firefighting, as so often happens, then you know you do hire who almost who you can get the best you can choose out of a bunch, and you know that is not going to be good enough to go the whole way up. Um, you know, you want to, uh, I mean, eventually I've, I did, I sort of did everything back to front. I went on some business courses very late in the day. Um, but, and I learned sort of there that the sort of optimum was to actually look for somebody about a year before you need them, analyze sort of six months to look and six months to maybe settle them in. Um, you know, whereas I was panicking and thinking I need somebody tomorrow because I can't cope. And that, of course, is a trap so many people fall into 
Um, so part of it is standing right back, having the time and the money to, to, to plan to get the right people way ahead. So that's, that's the first big one. Um, and I think after that, it's the big debate of, are you looking for skills or are you looking for the right people? Um, and the chances are that skills can be taught. But the right people, if somebody's the wrong person, they're always going to be a wrong person. And that can do so much damage to your business. You know, I think it, it I mean, it's certainly what I find and talking to other entrepreneurs since, um, you know, I hear this again and again, that one rotten apple can absolutely destroy a company. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't even know if it's much a debate, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I typically say I take 80 and 90 percent less skill over 10 percent attitude. Right. Yeah. Uh, in, in most cases. I mean, if you need a, you know, a web developer or something, you definitely need someone with decent skill. Right. Because you're not going to sit around three years, wait for them to learn <laughs> how to build websites. Right. Or the same if you need an engineer, some some very, very specifically qualified people. But Everything else being equal, right? Fundamentally, the mindset from my point of view is always about great people. And and the way I look at it, I mean, I'm I've come up to some big corporate organizations like Xerox and IBM, where you know most of the recruitment comes from within. And I was really really happy to experience that. And I've the businesses that I've built myself later, uh, I've always followed that path because he, here's the thing when you hire people and put them at the bottom of your organization, if you don't learn to grow and develop them and they're stuck there, you know, eventually they will run out of steam. Like some people are con content with doing the same, but most people who are ambitious, who are actually like A players, good people, they want to move forward. Mm -hmm. and, and the problem is if you don't develop them enough for them to do so, and you start recruiting people on top of them, you're basically going to lose great people. And second, when you hire, uh, my experience and, and the way I look at it is, when you hire higher level people in the middle or even in the top of your organization, the potential risk you run with your business is significantly higher. Yes. So for example, yes. if you hire a CEO to replace yourself and for whatever reason that person doesn't work out, that is a huge risk. Whereas if you hire someone in the bottom somewhere and of your organization where, you know, they're doing something very basic, the risk is significantly smaller, right? Now, there's definitely also a big potential upside if you do manage to hire some great people with some great experience. But from a business building perspective, you often get, let's call it significantly better deals if you hire people and grow them from within, right? But the yes. most important thing is you know what to expect because you know the people. And you're actually building a trajectory where people within your organization can see, you know, if I do good work, there's opportunities here. I, I think that works um, and it should, it, it should work, um, providing you've got the right people to, to, to train up. And as you say, there's, there's only a few that just don't want to. But, it, you know, if you are unlucky enough to have a lot of those, then, then you get a bit stuck and you get caught in a catch-22 of, um, I don't want to bring anybody in because it's too dangerous and the people would resent it. But on the other hand, these people aren't good enough and they don't even want to do it. Um, and they, so, it's, it's, so you get stuck in the middle. So you really, really need to get those good, ambitious people who are dedicated to, to self-development as much as anything. 
Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of the, one of the fundamental pieces in my management framework is really around self-development, right? Because I mean, some people won't and some people will never care to develop yeah. much and, and that's the way it is. But, but you want your best people to be focused on personal development and consistently learning new skills. Honestly, even if it's not even relevant to your business, that's fine. But you want people with that mindset and attitude of developing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I spoke to to one entrepreneur recently that I've been sort of for different reasons from you because of my writing, I get to speak to a lot of entrepreneurs. But he was saying that um, he's so obsessed with this that uh, he actually um, looks and, and gives so excess training to what they could possibly need and trains people the whole time because he thinks that people tend to go outside with recruitment when suddenly they're short of a skill. Whereas if that's, if you keep training people on all sorts of things, whatever they happen to fancy, then the chances are you don't actually need to hire because you, and you, you know, and in the long run you save because you've got skill in house and you get rid of all that problem. Which yeah. is, is quite a thought. I mean, it can't always work, but it, uh, you know, I can see his argument for it. It's a lot safer. What, what one of the biggest problems is often along with training comes ownership and responsibility, mm. right? And this is unfortunately where a lot of entrepreneurs sort of hit the ceiling because a lot of entrepreneurs are very committed to their business and they're afraid to let go, right? And, and I see it so commonly when I start working with clients where they, you know, they, 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 even if they've hired good people, mm. they are afraid of letting go and giving them the ownership and responsibility. And it, it means fundamentally they end up sitting doing stuff they shouldn't be doing in a million years because it's just not worth their time. And the challenge is when you do that, like people are like, oh, yeah, but I'll just do it and so on. The problem is not just you doing it. But the problem is you actually inhibit the growth and development of your team and the people below you when you keep doing things that others should be doing, right? So, and, and I mean, I, if, if you're an entrepreneur and you have been in your business less than three years, look at what you're doing in the business today. Everything you do a year from now should not be on your plate. So your biggest job right now is start making a plan of all the things that you're doing today and figuring out how over the next three, six, nine, 12 months, can you make sure someone else in your business end up doing those things, right? That's how you fundamentally grow a business and that's how you hand off responsibility effectively, right? Because that is the only way for you to put yourself in a position to actually grow your business more. It's very, very wise advice, Mount, and I couldn't agree more, you know, as you say, from both sides. Um, you know, you make the employee actually feel very worthless if you do their smallest job for them all the time. And, um, you know, if, if you... The only way you're going to grow is if you start systemizing and set things, um, you know, up to for anybody to be able to do them because things happen. Even your best people could have a personal issue and leave and your business has got to run in the long run 
um, you know, without you and without them on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, systems is the way to go. But of course, a lot of entrepreneurs, because we're big picture, rush around, you know, don't want to do all that tiny, mucky little boring paperwork stuff. We hate systems. Um, And that's another thing I think people get into trouble with. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm by nature a bit of a systems guy, but what I would say as an entrepreneur, you don't really have the time and two, you shouldn't be spending the time building the systems necessarily yourself. So what I love to do, what I love to do nowadays is basically just record a video, explain to someone how to do something if needs be, and, you know, then let them do that task for a while. And then when they have done it, when they're relatively comfortable with that task, then I ask them to document the systems and the framework they're using. Right. That's a brilliant idea. But one of the biggest issues that I see with all this advice online is that people are always telling the business owner, make the process, sit down, document the process, make sure they're up to date, right? No business owner in the right mind, uh, well, no business owner have the time to sit and keep up to date a hundred plus processes and workflows, right? It, yeah. it just, it is never going to happen. So the only way you can possibly keep your systems up to date is make sure that the people responsible for updating them is the people actually utilizing them on a day-to-day basis. Because when you give someone who's doing the task ownership of updating the the workflows and the procedures, what happens is they feel ownership. They feel, hey, we can actually change things. Now, you might want a sign-off point or you might want like either a manager or yourself, depending on the size of your organization, to, you know, say that change is okay. But when, even if you don't do that, you're, you're actually significantly improving your business either way. But uh, with, obviously, with a sign-off point, you can make sure that you know, people don't end up doing things that is totally off the mark, right? I absolutely agree. And I, I love the idea that you were saying, if you're videoing the original one, I mean, I can think of um, instantaneously a great friend of mine who's a business owner and, and does need, you know, we've discussed often that uh, needs to systemize and, you know, doesn't have the time and certainly doesn't have the patience, um, you know, but she would video and it's never occurred to either of us. It's a, it's a really clever idea. Yeah, and it's, I mean, nowadays, particularly tools like Use Loom and so on, is it's so easy to click a button and then literally show someone on a screen. Absolutely. Well, unlike me, she's, she's good technically anyway, so <laughs> I shall suggest it to her. Excellent. Sounds <laughs> good. So definitely the, the people aspect is super important, Jan. Yeah, Any absolutely. other things that you really feel that these sort of million, around a million uh, people maybe haven't yet figured out? I think quite often people leave themselves off that list of people and they don't think, I need to do work on myself. Um, you know, I certainly didn't um, think it because there wasn't time, um, which, of course, you know, is, is that old age one, you know, no entrepreneur has time. Um, but actually, you're going to have to really develop to, to go on up through those stages. You're going to have to develop yourself in so many ways with knowledge and um, self-care and 
all sorts of things just in, you know keeping yourself level it's such a roller coaster you know you need to keep you very mentally strong um and i don't think that's something that people factor in I, I totally agree and and i mean it's one of my biggest blessings so from a very very young age probably about 18 i started doing a lot of self-development and i initially committed at least two hours a day Oh, brilliant. Now, nowadays, I still do an average of an hour a day. Um, but but I, I literally used to read a book every single week for more than 10 years, right? So I, mm. I went through a, a lot of content. Um, I, I think it's the single most, it, it's the single most powerful way of developing, but it's also the single most powerful way for you to actually push yourself because one of the problems when you're an entrepreneur is you use the 24 hours that you have yes. or at least many do right <laughs> and and here's the thing that's not a good idea yeah. right I, I mean i've been there and you know occasionally you can have a couple of days or a week or whatever but but generally you need to get out of that if you work more in general more than eight hours a day you are wasting your time if you're working 12 hour days consistently you could deliver at least the same or likely even more if you only worked eight hours a day, right? I see it consistently, like how many hours people spend in front of their computer or spend working, but they're just not being effective because they're not rested. They're not making good decisions because they're tired. When they wake up in the morning, they're so tired from the previous day that they're not even ready to work. And it, it is super, super ineffective. Now, here's the thing. Even people like the American president, maybe not the current, but at least <laughs> the previous one, uh, spent time on a daily basis on personal development, right? Yeah. I can promise you if the United States president can find the time to do so, I'm pretty sure most small entrepreneurs can find the time too. So again, so many people talk about time management, but the secret is you can't manage time, right? Mm. Like there's definitely some things you can learn to be a little bit more effective with, but the fundamentals should not be trying to do more and less time that most people are running around after. The focus when you're an entrepreneur should, are you doing the right things with the time you have, right? And personal development or personal growth is the number one most important if you want to develop a business long-term because who you are today, if you have a million dollar business today or a million pound business today, who you are today is not going to be the same person who's going to build a hundred million dollar business. It's not. The difference is what you learn and how much you grow. And the more time you invest into growing yourself, the faster you will likely get to those higher levels, right? So wise, Matt. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. But that's uh, yeah, that's a great point, and I, I love it. But any any particular things that you have learned yourself, or any particular sort of either methods or any any particular resources or anything that you have found super super valuable yourself? I loved um, learning from other entrepreneur groups. You know, I had to find the right ones, um, but. When I joined a, a high growth one, which is where we were at, um, which I had to go to London for, um, you know, and they were 
way, way bigger and more advanced than I was, 99% of them. Um, but I learned so much just even from, you know, sort of both, both I went on a formal course there, but I also went to dinners, there were informal dinners all the time, and just sitting around sharing problems and thinking, oh, you've been there, you know, okay, and what did you do? And it just makes such a lot of difference. You don't feel so isolated. You don't feel quite such an idiot, you don't, you know, and you get so many ideas. I don't think, I mean, I loved what you say on your website that, you know, you're a great believer in learning from somebody who's actually walked. Walk. And I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm not pro, you know, I, occasionally I got people coming in who wanted to teach me because they'd been taught or uh, had, but they'd never had a business. And, and it just didn't do it for me. And, you know, what I learned from other entrepreneurs or, or people who'd, who'd at least had a bit of businesses of their own, it just gives 10 times over the worth. Always, always, always. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I find that very... I mean, I, I think as an entrepreneur, you need to surround yourself with like-minded people, right? Because uh, so many make the mistakes of, you know, constantly sharing with their partner or their family and, and people who doesn't understand the entrepreneurial exactly. world at all. Yeah. And, and obvious, often, more often than not, I would say, it actually, it ends up in negative situations instead of positive. So rather than getting help, you're often either getting the wrong advice and not because people don't want you the best, but exactly because people want you the best. So uh, if we call it normal people, they always try and mitigate risk, right? They always yeah. try and remove risk, take as little risk as possible and so on and so forth. And if you're an entrepreneur, that is generally not what you're doing. No. You are taking risk. And part of becoming successful is take risks that, you know, brings you some big rewards. And that's how fundamentally you build a business. But if you're consistently surrounded by people who are not entrepreneurs, who doesn't understand that world, again, you're very likely to get, you know, negatively impacted from that in terms of both your mindset, but also the advice you get. And, and I think really exactly as you say, like finding like-minded people that you can meet with on a regular basis and honestly, even if you don't even share your problems, even if you're just listening to them and, you know, talking about your situation, like just talking with people about your situation can be so helpful because oh, yeah. very, very often we all, ha we have all the solutions in our head, right? Very, very often, even just explaining a problem you have to someone else makes it so logical what you should do. But when you're just sitting thinking it, you're not getting it. Right. Absolutely right. And I think the other thing is it gets you out of the business. You know, it's it's so much easier to have that brainstorm, you know, when you're sitting over a meal or whatever, somewhere totally different. But it is when you're in your office and half your views listening to what's going on in the next office or on the shop floor or wherever, you know, you, and you're just distracted in your tents and you're just not in a receptive mood to, to actually use your brain in a creative way. Yeah. And I've, I mean, me personally, Growing my businesses, the single most important thing I've done is helping other people, right? Mm -hmm. Fundamentally, and I'm a big, big fan of Six Sigler's old quote, but fundamentally for me, the more people you help, the better you will do. 
And it's both a match of, you know, the, the good old saying that the best way to learn is to teach. So again, if you have a challenge or if, even if one of your entrepreneurial friends have a challenge, it's often a lot easier to look at something from the outside and give great advice than necessarily to take that advice yourself. Yes. But the thing is, when you give that advice and when you look at the situation, it becomes much, much clearer to you what the right choice of action is. And that actually means it makes you more likely to take the right choice of action next time you're in a similar situation, right? So, and I'll, I'll be honest, like even being a business coach, like I have just as many problems as everyone else have, right? Uh, I, I hopefully deal with many of them slightly better, but you know, in the end of the day, every every business owner have certain struggles. Every business owner have certain problems, and that that's not going to change because we all, you know, we're all working with human beings. We're all working with clients who are human beings and suppliers who are human beings and all that sort of thing. And as long as human beings are involved, there will always be things not always going as expected. Right? Absolutely. The key thing is really how you show up and how you deal with it and how you communicate around that. And I couldn't agree more. And that goes, it goes back in part to, to having, to looking after yourself, developing yourself and um, getting that support system in place that you're in a fit state to do that. Yeah. And, and I was, I was, it took me a long, long time to understand that, far too late, really. It was, it was probably my biggest mistake in not being hot on that. Yeah. And, and where, where did you find the best places to network with people? Like, well, like locally where you were? What, no, what were I didn't. I places? didn't. I must admit, I didn't have, I'd, I was sort of in a country town where, um, I mean, there were some quite big businesses, but some of them were sort of local subsidiaries of huge, huge concerns, which, you know, as a tiny entrepreneur's business or a small entrepreneur's business with sort of 30, 40 staff, you, you know, I didn't have really anything in common with them. Um, or there were family businesses again you know they, they were quite happy where they were I, I couldn't find anything that I related to um, locally I had to go to London um, and I was very lucky to be invited to join a, a high growth club there um, where I met some just brilliant entrepreneurs and you know who who are some of the biggest and best in, in Britain and I learned so much from them Excellent. Well, that sounds like a good experience. I mean, I, I, I've always been an advocate of networking and any, anywhere all the time, right? I'm, I'm, I'm very keen, though. I very rarely ca carry business cards with me because when people start, when you walk in the door and people start firing business cards at you, that's, that's definitely one thing that can make me turn around. But Yeah, uh, absolutely. But, but yeah, I mean, most people totally, totally miss the point of networking and it's absolutely not firing business cards at other people, right? That does not bring you anything good whatsoever. Uh, I, I, I actually have the opposite. So even if I have a business card on me and someone asks, I'll, I'll make it more difficult for them to make sure they, they actually utilize <laughs> the information, right? Because yeah. most of the time what happens is a business card goes in someone's pocket or purse and then, you know, sometime six months later, they throw it out because they can't even remember what it was from. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work, right? So the fundamentals is going out, meeting like-minded people. And, and for me, it's the absolutely number one recruitment strategy that I've always employed is 
find amazing people around you because yeah. when you network, when you meet a lot of human beings, you will find amazing human beings. And the, the thing is when you find great people, when you find people with, you know, the right mindset, the right attitude, um, and the fact that you find them in a non-interview situation only makes it so much better, right? Because they're not necessarily at that point in time looking to be hired. They're not looking to look for a job, but the amount of people that I've met face-to-face at various events or whatever, and then at some point in my career offered a job, uh, that's a lot of people, right? And that it's, must be lovely. You know, yeah. Really nice. I mean, I think, that you know it's a rare problem but one of the problems i had and it may hit hit sort of ring bells with somebody out there is is geographic you know i was in an area that was not high highly entrepreneurial um to put it mildly that's that's saying the nice things about it and i mean i you know you just didn't have the recruitment pull there to, to get good people they didn't exist really um you know, and and it wasn't a place that you could attract people to either. So, um, you know, it's no yeah. use going to London and saying, you know, there's this great, lovely place in the country because they would come down and say, you've got to, or even worse, I, oh, yeah, I've heard of that, you know, some five people got stabbed last week. Well, you know, curiously enough, it's not where you want to move your wife and child, children to, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, and I mean that's one of the benefits with COVID. I think now is that we we'll see a lot more companies sort of going online, and and a lot more communication yeah. happen online. Obviously, not necessarily the same thing as sitting next to someone, but uh, again, particularly for companies that are in difficult locations and and small businesses, right? I mean, it definitely opens up a lot more possibilities, right? And I was, definitely. I mean, I was lucky from from. An early age, I would say, when I started working corporately, particularly IBM, I mean, they were, you know, they had staff all around the world and they were very, very good at utilizing, you know, the sort of cost-effective labor at where it made sense. And I, I definitely learned a lot from that. And, and I've benefited a lot from that in the businesses that I've built because, you know, sometimes, for example, hiring someone in South Africa who is native English speaker uh, you know, is maybe half the price of what's hiring them in the UK. Now they are in the same time zone. They might be, you know, equally well skilled and so on, uh, and also often significantly more appreciative of the work and the job. So um, very, very often, I mean, learning to look at the whole world when you look at workforce, and and it's not simple and it's not easy, but there there is a lot of opportunity out there to do things nowadays that people didn't look at 15, 20 years ago, right? And yeah. definitely some opportunity um, to, to, to at least for some things, get significantly more cost-effective labor involved where that, that actually enables your business growth, right? Definitely. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's a proven track record of amazingly successful businesses starting in bad times. So, you know, people, there will be people who will get bigger and have come up with amazing, innovative, innovative ideas um, and have fabulously successful businesses through this. Definitely. And I'd say at, at the moment, so um, we... 
we have hired quite a bit and, and a lot of the people that I know that I've hired a lot here through, uh, through the Corona situation um, have really benefited big time from the website called dynamitejobs.com, which is basically a remote work website where, you know, people all over the world is looking for a remote job, but that's, that's a really, really interesting website because they are very, very good at getting some solid candidates and, you know, particularly if you're, if you're maybe on the edge, kind of like you don't feel you can afford to hire someone maybe in the UK. Mm. Well, very often on this job board, they, they'll have maybe candidates from Eastern Europe or candidates from elsewhere that, you know, at a, at a different salary bracket, but, you know, still smart people. And, and again, if you hire well, you can, you can find a ton of value in, in different places. So I bet, uh, I bet. You know, sort of because I was manufacturing in Britain, I was that option wasn't necessarily there. But you know, um, I don't think many people will be setting up to do that at the moment. So uh, not for sector to be in. So so yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the the talent to go to be able to pull 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 on a global pool, which is not easy to say, um, is is an, a fantastic opportunity for businesses now. Fantastic, Jan. And any other amazing resources or books or anything you have that you would recommend to people here before we finish up? I, I mean, I'm absolutely with you about reading. I think, you know, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm lucky because I love it being a book person. But, you know, there are, there are just never-ending amounts of brilliant books written. Um, and, and, you know, if you really aren't a reader, podcasts like yours, um, you know, and a few others, you know, have so much information there and, and you can multitask and take in so much information and again, relate to it and have light bulb moments and, and make that part of your self-development, however pushed you are. Um, you know, it's all, all part of that story of self-developing. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Jan. Uh, a pleasure. It was definitely a pleasure to have you on, and I'll make sure that we include a link to your to your book as well uh, when it comes out. And then, uh, yeah, what's the best way if, if contact if people are eager to contact you? What's the best way to do so? Through the website, please, which yes. is jancavell.co.uk. Fantastic. I'll make sure we include that in the show notes as well. Fabulous. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.